Welcome to SBCA's Lumber Connection Podcast, where we discuss today's market and explore tomorrow's trends. Here's our host, Molly Butts. Hello, it's the week of May 10th, 2021. Thank you so much for listening in this week. I am joined by our regular experts, Justin Binning and Ken Timmons. Bonjour, good sirs, and thank you for joining me today. Hello. Aloha, Molly. Aloha. You guys are all fancy with your vacation words. <laughs> well, you know, wishful thinking, right? Let's just jump right in today by bringing everybody up to speed on the market for the last couple of weeks. I'll let you two decide how you'd like to start. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of funny you, you said that in vacation words. It actually has been a pretty um, substantial shift in, in the do-it-yourself business. That didn't sound right. Uh, repair and remodel sector. You know, the over-the-shoulder kind of trade. Definitely has quieted down, um, obviously, with, with people kind of a lot of states getting back to normal, quote unquote, um, with lessening COVID restrictions. And I think people are more planning vacations right now and figuring out how they can do a little traveling. I think people are just tired of being cooped up in their homes. So I think that portion of business we've noticed um, has slowed down a little bit. Um, not to say that it's completely gone or it's you know not a factor, but it's it's definitely quieted down. I think some of the more recent reports may have had some impact on the futures board. And that's kind of every what's on the forefront of everybody's mind here the last three days with the board trading down limit after we've been on obviously a, a tear here over feels like forever, the last several weeks. But um, so that's on the forefront of everybody's mind, wondering if there's some weakness in the market. And we'll touch on that, I think, a little bit more as we as we continue. But my point was a little more vacation, I think, is on folks' minds right now where, where everybody's kind of getting uh, a little antsy and worn out, uh, be it a may. Uh, wherever you're at in the supply chain or in the industry right now and, and many others, really, the whole nation, I mean, is is feeling stressed out and burnt out and tired on many different levels. So I think there's just... Um, People are ready for a break right now. Everybody's kind of fried. Mm -hmm. I agree with Justin. Yeah, everyone's you know thankful for the business we have. It's awesome that this is not 2009, but it comes with its own set of challenges. And you know, it's definitely a, a elevation sickness kind of stressful thing. I think you know, I'm looking at Justin. I think he'd agree. I'd agree, and a lot of guys listening here probably agree. You know, we've all had that middle of the night gas prayer. Oh my God, I forgot about this or I need to buy that or whoa, totally. I can't believe I just spent that. You know, right. it's, it's weighing on people's minds and you know, is it comfortable to be in this environment that we're living in? No, it's definitely exciting, but I don't see any reason why we're, we're going back to our old environment anytime soon. So, yeah. um, you know, it's something to, uh, to get used to heart palpitations. You just got to get used to high levels of stress heart murmurs, yeah. sleepless nights, working 15-hour days. And if I mean, you can cope with those things, no sweat. Gold, I mean, yeah. you're, yeah, you're killing it. You're, you're feeling great. I mean, that's definitely the kind of thing I'm hearing, even just in the conversations I've been having in the last few days with component manufacturers. Their order files, it's just crazy. Everyone is busy. They are full. They're, you know, running at absolute capacity and beyond. So I see that this is occurring everywhere in the market and the supply chain. So. I guess there's some good to be had from that. And it's making the news a lot, you know. Yeah, I keep watching the news, and and lumber is like a hot topic. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of things are, you know, no gas in Georgia, and Atlanta, and I mean, there's a lot of hot topics right now. But lumber's it's reoccurring, top of the charts yeah. right now as far as discussion um, from many different places. So it's um, 
I mean, why? Just because it's up 280%? You yeah. know, it's like, come on. It's just like. Gee, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I do think that's interesting. I had that conversation today with someone about, you know, I've never seen a part of my industry, the people that I'm working with, they leak so far into just, you know, general popular culture. And yet, you know, the memes and the discussions and the news articles are just prolific right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy to think, well, you know, when we think back on this time, you know, someday, I mean, it's just going to be surreal when we step back and think about this. It's It's hard to really fully kind of appreciate what's what's happening and you know ken used the word it is exciting you know it is an exciting time are we all stressed and you know traveling in new waters absolutely but like at the end of the day we're getting the job done you know and and we're delivering for our customers even with all the challenges that we face with transportation and labor and lack of of fiber and soaring prices the people you were talking to and the people we talked to, obviously day in and day out, Molly, business is great. There's a sense that we're supposed to be negative because of the price or negative kind of these things. And are there challenges? Yes, but we face challenges in every market. But overall, at the end of the day, if you're a trust manufacturer, component manufacturer, wholesaler, distributor, whatever, you want to be profitable and be able to take care of your business partners. And people are doing that. Now, again, there's challenges, but like, Anybody that I talk to, my customers, like they wouldn't change it right now. They're just rolling with it. It's scary. But but there are a lot of these folks are having record years and their their business is booming, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, this is, is good what's happening for our industry from an overhead view, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. In a weird way, I'm I'm kind of thinking, you know, the price of lumber is almost a reflection of the attitude of people participating in the lumber cash market, right? That's Justin and I, sawmills, trust manufacturers, pallet guys, you know, anyone physically using the wood, trading the wood for money, making a product, right? Uh, their attitude, their opinion on the outlook of lumber is reflected in the high price right now. Just like Justin's saying, everyone's killing it. The price is a little crazy, but everybody's killing it. Now the futures board while there are a lot of people in the cash market who also dabble in the futures market, I would say is almost the opinion or the reflection of the opinion of a combination of people in the market and a lot of people who are not in the market. You get to these levels and this volatility, you get algorithms entering the box, You know, people who think about the market in a different set of glasses than somebody who physically uses the product or trades it every day. So I agree with Justin. Well, the price is nuts. Like it's, it's a reflection of everyone's business being strong. And I don't, I don't, I don't want Ken and I to be callous either in our, in our kind of our overtone or whatever, like everybody's killing it. It's absolutely, you know, not a hundred percent. There's people that are struggling and, and they're facing challenges. And we understand that. I guess if you were listening to our podcast though, for the last 10 months and, and bought wood, you're probably doing okay. Um, but not everybody enters the market the same way. Not everyone has plays the game the same way, quote unquote, right? So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we, we're not overstating the factor. Like everybody, like I understand there's challenges and not every business is the same. And um, we feel obviously for, for anybody that's, you know, suffered from a business perspective or had a tragedy. No, I appreciate all of that perspective. And it kind of, you know, talking about how much this has been in the news and how, I mean, to your point, there certainly could be positivity around it. Some of the other lesser positive things are coming from some other areas. 
one of the things I've seen over the last week or so is a lot of articles pointing to, um, you know, other associations bringing to the table to the federal government, you know, we need to have a lumber summit. We need to be talking about this. Most recently ran across an article where, you know, the Commerce Department secretary has basically promised to take a closer look at lumber pricing and, you know, the lumber shortage issue and prioritize trying to help. So I'm curious from where you sit, you know, what's your perspective? Is there really anything the Commerce Department could do or, I mean, the federal government in general? Sure. No, and I, it's a great question. It, it's almost too little too late. Um, yeah, yeah. Are there some things that can be done? Yes. Is it tariff related? No, that's not going to that's not going to change anything. Right. I mean, it, what we've lost out of Western Canada, we've lost from a production standpoint. We've talked about this several podcasts. It comes up often because it's a big deal and it's led to a lot of the problems that we're facing. Interior BC bug and beetle kill, forest fires, consolidation and closures of sawmills from 2007 to 2016. The problem that we have fundamentally is we don't like to use our own stuff in the most powerful nation in the, in the, in the world. We have this thing, right? We don't want to make a certain group mad, so we're not going to use this fully sustainable forest land that we could be using, we don't. So from a production standpoint, we've leaned on Canada for so long for their production. You go back in time in 2000 when they were, they had 53.14.2 billion board feet of production that was coming into the U.S. That was 21% of British Columbia's total. We're down to 9 billion board feet coming in in 2020. So in a 10-year span, We've lost, what is that? It's 15% total down in a historical range of 22 to 25%. This problem didn't just pop up overnight, okay? The Canadians saw this coming years ago, years. And they, they flat out said, well, why are the Canadians buying up sawmills in the South? Why are they buying all the sawmills? Why are they buying all the land? Canadians buying American sawmills. Cool, we don't have the wood. We're not going to have the wood. We don't have it. So they see the investment in the South, low log costs, easy easy to pr- produce. The forest land is right in the backyard of the sawmill. They don't have to go anywhere for logs. Log costs are a third of what they are in Canada. And they've got a product that they can reproduce in a much shorter period of time than they can a spruce fir, dug fir log. A third of the time on that before it can be harvested. So this, this problem has been in the works for a time just with a lot of things, we don't want to address it or look to ourselves to find an issue on how we can take care of our own economy and our own need for housing. Did you really think that for the 450,000 or 600,000 housing starts going to be the new normal for a population of 315 million plus people in our nation? Those numbers don't add up. And we did that for, for years. We didn't really build anything. People were losing their homes. They weren't buying them. We were in a bursted bubble. And now here we are. With, with a need that really isn't out of normal. 1.8, yeah, it's a good year, but most economists say you've got to have around 1.5 to keep up with growth population. But we didn't do that for a long time. Now we're doing 1.8, and because we consolidated our whole industry for several years, we lost truckers, we lost laborers, people couldn't build a house because we weren't building one, he went and figured out how to be a welder or be a plumber or another trade or whatever it is. We got out of the industry. And now in this pandemic, Big problem with our labor right now, people don't want to go back to work. If they were let go or, or laid off, that, that money's better better suited sitting on their butt at home than actually going to work. So why are you going to go to work when you're making more money staying at home? So 
everybody's facing that problem. Restaurants, small business owners, sawmills. We've got a lack of truck drivers and capacity. This problem can be addressed. We've got to look at our own harvestable land and how we can make our own lumber or else we're going to always be pulling from the outside and hoping it works out. Okay, let me ask you another question that's sort of along that same vein then. And this actually excitingly came in from a listener, so I'm happy to pass this on and and also ask the question from my own perspective. Are lumber mills here operating at full capacity? I mean, we know COVID's had an effect, but is it continuing to have an effect? I mean, are, are labor shortages affecting the mills? Tell me a little bit about what you guys are hearing. Yes, like with any business, every business are going to face challenges on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Sawmills are no different. They have a labor force. They have employees. They come, they go. They try to obviously keep their employees happy and keep folks where they're at. But like with any business, you're going to face those sort of challenges. And our industry is no different at the sawmill level. Um, Is it anything that's, that's huge or I see on a grander scale that's truly impacting the overall amount of lumber that's been, can be produced right now? To a certain extent, probably a very small percentage, but overall in the grand scheme of things, no. But yes, are mills facing challenges here and there? Absolutely. Are the mills running at full capacity? Absolutely they are. Would you be running at full capacity, making the most profit four times, five times the regular average of a piece of lumber? You're going to make as much of it as you can, and you're going to sell it as fast as you can. So the mills are running at full capacity, at least from what I'm seeing through the South, through a lot of uh, East or throughout Eastern Canada, I would say, and throughout the West, as limited as they are. And those folks in Canada, by the way, they're doing pretty well up there, obviously, from a from a per capita basis. They are much smaller than the United States in representation of homes being built, but they are very busy and they are building and the Canadians are going to take care of their own first. That's always going to be a priority for them, um, making sure that those folks are covered before they even enter the U.S. market. So what do you think, Ken? Yeah, I mean, it's well said. The, the golden goose has never been so golden, right? Every sawmill is going to do everything they can to produce as much lumber as possible right now. All of us would. I mean, if you had a family pizzeria and you sold pepperonis for $10 a slice and the market decided there's $65 a slice, you're going to keep the door open until closed making pepperoni pizzas, right? I mean, if you can't hire some teenagers to watch the shift Friday night while you're taking your wife out on a date, then you can't run Friday night, right? That's exactly the scenario. Labor is an issue. But yeah, I mean, statistically, we're not far off production where we were in 2004, 2006, you know, we're just gently below that level. And we are about 18% above the level we were in 2009, 2010. So yeah, the mills are, they're doing everything they can. I mean, mark my words, this market won't be killed by overproduction by sawmills. It will have to be a shift to the demand for the products, period. It's not any, when this thing eventually comes off, which could be, you know, 18 months from now, who knows? It's going to come from the demand side, not the production side. I literally just read something moments ago that some expert was saying that they felt like there was going to be some sort of sharp decline in the next 18 months. So interesting that you chose that same that same time frame. But I guess that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, it's hard to say. I mean, as far as trust manufacturers go, I have been telling everybody, go long on the wood you need through September 1st. That is a big bite to take, but it's a safe bite. Will you likely need lumber for far beyond that? Yeah, probably. But you're not going to put your company at, at horrible risk by buying your summer's wood on May 12th. 
You know, last week, I feel like we were talking a little bit more about scarcity. I mean, not just that the prices were high, of course, but that people weren't finding it. But I'm not hearing that as much in what you're saying today. It sounds like wood is potentially a little more readily available. Obviously, the prices are still high. Can you speak to that just a little bit? From out of the West, I'd, I'd give that a hard no. Nothing is more readily available. Super scarce. You could cut Mills blank checks and just say, please fill this. And I mean, it's it's tough. I'd say it is as tight as it has ever been on the West. And it looks like that trend will continue for, you know, the coming weeks and months. Yeah, what I've seen um, out of the South, I, I think that there's been a there's been wood for sale every single, well, that's not true, not every single day. There's a very, very small amount of wood being offered to the market on a regular basis. I have seen no change from a pr- production standpoint um, with more wood entering the market. I certainly don't feel um, that there's a, any depth to a two-tiered market. And so wood's still extremely difficult to buy. Order files are ranging four to six weeks out. Mills are still selling wood and getting orders in that four to six week time range. And again, from a secondary standpoint, we represent one of the largest wholesale outfits in the United States. We don't have tons of wood just without destinations or homes or, or claim for wood. And so when you get in a spot like that, I mean, the, the fundamentals of the market, what we've seen at least over the past six months in the two quote unquote pause periods that we had, it became a standoff between the sawmills and the customers. Um, and, and we know uh, the customers haven't been able to stay out of the market due to overall demand uh, that they have in their, their uh, businesses every single day. So we're, we're lining up for potentially a situation like that. And again, I'm only saying that because I'm kind of a negative Nancy because the futures board, even though the other fundamentals of the trade don't, don't, don't suggest or back up that theory that there's any sort of softness in the market at this point. So, but if I was to be a negative Nancy, or, uh, you know, find some sliver of hope of prices coming back here, they'd have to wait four to six weeks. I mean, really, um, you might find some cracks here and there beforehand, but um, just not seeing it yet. When I can't buy wood, or it's extremely difficult, and um, I don't have any hair, if I did, it'd be gone again, because <laughs> um, I'd pull it all out. But um yeah, I just until that changes, I mean, I, it's hard to, to be negative on the market and say, give valid reasons on why I think it's going to come down. And transportation still a big issue. I'm very, very concerned from a weather standpoint. And God influenced things on the world, hurricanes and tornadoes, and forest fires. Everything's running pretty smooth right now. There's a small fire burning in B.C. right now. But we're as dry as it's been on the West Coast. And if you've been watching the news over the last year, which I know most of our listeners probably do, and and I know you guys do, California, major fires. Oregon, major fires. Major fires in Canada have been happening more and more frequent. So you start putting that into play, into where we're at right now, and you, you, God forbid, have some, some loss of production from natural disaster. I don't know. What do you do then? What happens then? We're in a very funny spot. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know how many people think it's funny, but I do know what you're saying. You kind of touched on it, but would one or the other, both of you like to just say maybe a few more words about transportation before we wrap up today? Yeah. Kenny, maybe your view. I, I, nothing's changed. So, I mean, everything we've mm-hmm. been saying on the transportation side has uh, has not changed. So, yeah, it continues to get, to get uh, increasingly difficult. 
I have no no glimmering, shining good news out of the West in rail cars, vans, or flatbed trucks. Rail cars. I mean, capacity out of out of Canada has has gotten better. Rail cars are shipping more smoothly. I would certainly say that. I think the the trucking actually out of Canada into the United States. There's some fringe mills up there in the western. I call it Western Canada, kind of that central provinces, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Um, trucks are coming down. Um, actually, but there's there's trucks up there, um, which is kind of cool. But if you get down into the states, who knows? I mean. You could have a load that's called ready today. It could sit there for three weeks before it ships. It's the highest bidder are getting the trucks, and the trucks are few and far between. And for every 50 loads of lumber there are in many locations of shipping ports, um, whether you're in the mid-Atlantic or down through the southeast, maybe one truck for 50 loads. When you, I mean, it's crazy stuff. So maybe those are even low numbers. They're probably higher than that. Um, my, my point is, Trucking still is an extreme challenge, and it will be for the foreseeable future. Okay. Well, I'm going to challenge you each as we wrap up now and just say, give me your elevator speech, your one sentence, your 10-second advice for our component manufacturers this week and next. I would say take a deep breath and uh, give thanks to all the folks that you work with and your trusted partners and your family. Give them hugs, kids, loves. Take a deep breath. Maybe, I don't know. Do something you enjoy. Uh, take a break. Take a vacation. We're back to vacation. I see. <laughs> yeah, let's finish how we started here. Yeah, please take a just just breathe. You know, I'm talking with with all my customers every day in sawmills, and everybody's feeling kind of the the same way. So I'm just trying to encourage people that I talk to on the phone and and uh, and tell them they're doing a hell of a job because we're navigating very very challenging waters, and the stress lever is pegged and uh we got to remember to breathe and take care of ourselves and 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 give thanks all the while ken what's your 10 seconds of zen yeah my my 10 to 55 <laughs> second elevator pitch is definitely the same right we're all in the same kind of crazy spin cycle super cycle uh like i said we're very thankful and blessed to be active like we are there are challenges that come with that but justin's absolutely right take a breath Smell the roses for a second. You know, don't be afraid to give yourselves guys a few Red Bulls and, and pump them up. Um, but, you know, just continue. The winners of this crazy game we're playing are the guys who continue to plan ahead, look ahead, and be forward thinking. So as long as you're doing that, you can you can go to bed at night and hopefully you should not wake up at 2.45 a.m. freaking out about the plywood you didn't buy or whatever it well, is. Well, you're still going to be calling and asking why it hasn't shipped and when is it going to ship because you need your wood right now. That will still happen, and that's going to continue. But anyways, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was actually really excellent advice. I appreciate uh, maybe something a little off the beaten path as far as the 10-second elevator speech, but something we all desperately needed to hear right about now. Justin, Ken, as always, wonderful chatting with you, and I thank you for your insights. And to our listeners, if you have questions, you know where to send them, lumber at sbcacomponents.com, and we'll try to answer them next week. Thanks both so much. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, Thanks, guys. This has been a Lumber Connection podcast by SBCA. If you have a question you'd like a guest to answer on a future podcast, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.